Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. We have a gift in the Susan family. This church has a gift. That guy is something else, isn't he? And I know it's not just all him, because he's got a great wife, his kids are there supporting him, and it's just great, and I am thankful for the Susan family and all the help that they are, and I appreciate the, the time that he spent. Um, I, I just have to tell you something. Rob, if you're in the building and you hear me, I hope it's okay. But he sent me the script before he sent me the video, and in his script, I found it very funny. He even writes ha-ha in his script. Ha-ha, you know? And I thought that was absolutely hilarious because it's so much a part of him and his character and what he does, but I just thought that was a very interesting thing. And I am so grateful for all that they did and what he just brought to us about us being adopted. How many are grateful you've been adopted into the family of God? Amen? My goodness. So today, we are, Pastor Pat last week started a series called I Am. And last week he spent a lot of time talking about I am and Jesus being God. And so I'm not going to rehash all that. And I want to try to get right into what we're going to say today. And so I'm going to just encourage you, if you have a Bible with you, uh, you can open it to John 14 because that's where we're going to go today. But before I get there to reading, I just have to say a few things here that that helped me as I was trying to prepare for this with Pastor Pat let me know just a few days ago. He said, you think you could do this week? And I said, sure, I'd love to. And uh, as I was praying about it, and he gave me the topic that I have, and uh, as I told you, it's in John 14, and it's actually verse 11 and verse 20 are the two verses that he gave me to look at. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. So I was looking at that and I was working through this and then all of a sudden as I was praying on Wednesday, oh, I finally had the breakthrough that I was hoping for, that Lord help me out. And as I was preparing and I had not heard this previously uh, put in these terms, but I heard that as we look at this in John 14, John 13 through 17, it's called the upper room discourse. And I hadn't heard that term before. No other gospel reads like this. It's only in the book of John. And what we're going to look at today was being said in the upper room by Jesus. And and actually this, if you will, was Thursday night. It was a Thursday night when this happened. And how do I know that? Well, let's talk a little further. And I'm going to just stay with this Thursday night theme for just a minute because this was the night in John 13, if you remember, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And Judas was there, and he washed Judas's feet. And he had communion with them. He had those, to me, haunting words that we read when Jesus prompted Judas with the words, what you are to do, do quickly. In just a few minutes, hours, There would be betrayal, there would be arrest, 
There would be trials that shouldn't have happened. These are the last few hours really of Jesus' life on earth before his crucifixion, his death, and then ultimately his resurrection. This is before the outpouring. As we read this today, I'm just trying to bring you into a place. Remember, this is before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So we're looking into a period of time here uh, that actually we're looking into the lives of the disciples through Jesus' eyes that, that we now can look at in hindsight. You know, we get to see it as it's all happened, and now we can kind of look back and we can see it a lot more clear. But what we have to remember, and everything we're going to talk about today, if you will try to keep in your heart this idea of this is real time. This is what the, the, the disciples were living right then. Everything was just unfolding at this time. Jesus loved his disciples, and he's trying to take this men, this legacy of men that, that walked with him, and, and he's trying to apply things. He's trying to bring application to these men, but not only to those men, but to all the generations that would follow, which is you and me. Jesus here is comforting his disciples. Two awful things just happened in, Gen or in, in John 13, the whole Judas thing. And then he goes into Peter, and Peter said, oh, well, I'll do everything to be right there. No, you're not. You're going to deny me. You're going to deny me tonight. For the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Wow, that's a tough note to carry on. See, we got to remember Monday of this week. This is why I know it was Thursday, because Monday on this week or earlier in that week, Jesus was coming in on a donkey, right? Or on a, on a full colt. Full, right? There's all kinds of words. Depends what version you read. But he comes riding in on this animal. And everybody's cheering and everybody's laying down palm leaves and they're crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, this is a God. And, and can I encourage you to do something? Have you all seen The Chosen? Who has not seen The Chosen? All right, I see a number of hands. If you have not seen The Chosen, go into the app store, load the app for The Chosen. You need to watch it. It's really good. It's, it's done in an excellent manner. And I was, I was, uh, YouTubing a little bit this past week and I got to saw an advanced thing of season two of the chosen. And it's about Jesus coming in, riding in on this donkey and they're all praising him. And then they cut in this, in this video to a couple of the Pharisees that are talking to each other and they're both like, we got to get this guy out of here. Look what he's doing. He's changing everything. He's going to mess everything up for us, if I could paraphrase. So anyhow, my commercial for The Chosen. Look it up. Get it. It's free. It's really, really good. Well done. But now we get to this time where they are in this upper room. And the leaders have turned, and the crowds have now turned on Jesus. And I'm going to read... Just verses one through six. It's not going to be on the screen. This is a really good reason to bring your Bible to church. Because I'm going to read something that isn't going to be on the screen. Don't trust me. Don't trust anybody standing up here, right? Bring the word for yourself. Make sure you're seeing exactly what we're saying and reading. But I, I think I'm trustworthy. And I would like to say, yeah, I'm a trustworthy guy. But you know what? No, you bring your Bibles and you double check us, all right? And what, what we're reading. 
So here's what it says in John 14. They, he just corrected Peter saying, you're, you're going to deny me. And Peter's like, there's no way. Oh, yes, you will. So then he says here in John 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Can you hear? Can you hear the heart of Jesus? You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I'll take you with me or take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am, where I am going. So what Jesus is kind of talking about here is, I'm going to the Father. I'm leaving. I'm going to be checking out here. And you have, the best thing that's going to happen is you now have the Father. You have the Father. You can trust my Father. You can trust the Father. I'm handing you off to the, to God. I'm handing you off to the Father because I am leaving. You've seen me. I've been here, yep, for three, three and a half years now. We've been together. I've been providing food for you and taxes and shelter and protection. I've answered all your questions. I've been your teacher, your rabbi, your hope. But I'm going to be leaving. And I want you to trust me in this, that I'm giving you over to the Father. And you're going to be totally fine. Oh, can you imagine what their hearts were doing? Can you imagine? You're going to be totally fine. Wait a minute. We've been totally fine this way. Why are you leaving now? It's much easier to live by sight. It's much easier to live in the moment of you being here. Every time they woke up, Jesus was there. He may have already been out praying, but he was there. And he always seemed to be there. And Jesus was always able to avoid things. You know, do you know they tried to kill him multiple times, right? We know that it started with Herod. Tried to kill him when he was a baby. Jesus got out of that through his parents. Jesus returned to his hometown in Nazareth and went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. And and he read a messianic prophecy explaining that the text was being fulfilled in their midst. And, and he says in Luke 4, 28 through 23, 28 through 30. Oh my gosh. In all the synagogue, or as he spoke, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. And they rose up and they put him out of the city and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built that they might throw him down headlong, it says. But passing through the midst of them, he went away. Such a cool Jesus story. And then two other times, the Jews picked up rocks to stone him. And it says in one of the encounters that Jesus hid himself on one occasion. uh, On the one occasion and on the second occasion, it said he escaped their hands. See, he was always there with his disciples, even though he may not have been there physically in her presence at that time, because I think they were around watching this, and I think they kind of like, where'd he go? You know? Uh, Anyhow, 
They were having tremendous difficulty adjusting to what Jesus was telling them here. Trusting that the Father, trusting that this Jehovah was a concept that could have been, it was scary to them. Because they had seen Jesus and Jesus had really helped them. Let's go to the text that I want to read today. John 14, and we're going to read verses 6 through 12. And Jesus answered saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen who? The Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? These words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Now I look at the words of Philip there. Philip's like, just just show us. Philip was not just speaking for himself. Just like I think Thomas in the earlier chapter or in the later chapter, pardon me, Thomas is like, Unless I put my hands in those holes, you know. I think he was speaking for all of them. Just like Philip here was really speaking for all of them. Lord, if you'll show us the Father, oh, we'll be fine. He's like, no, it's not going to be that way. And Jesus responds to Philip, show us the Father this way. Just, he didn't know. They didn't fully get the idea of where Jesus was going when he was speaking to this group of people. But Jesus was saying, listen, I'm going to hand you over to the care of the Father because it's way better this way. Not when you're sitting there, not when you're sitting there looking at him eye to eye and you're seeing those wonderful eyes of Jesus. And he's saying, but I'm going to go away and I'm going to leave you with something better. Not just okay, not just like it's always been. I'm giving you something better than what you have right now. It's going to be for their good, it says. It's really going to be an improvement for them. Now, if you go a few chapters back in John 16, verse 7, Jesus says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. He reinforced it. He continuing to reinforce it, even in this time later. And then he says, and the advocate will not come to you But if I go, I will send him to you. That's a whole nother message, the advocate. But I'm going to talk about here. He's saying, I'm going away. I'm sending you the father. 
And so what they had a hard time with, I believe, and because we're able to see it through the eyes of all of this developing and happening and already completed. Remember, these guys are going through something that had never happened before. They're living real time in it, right? If I can, one more thing about the chosen. This is off script here. I've watched some video of the men that played the parts of the disciples, those that were walking with Jesus in this, in this series. And I watched three of them talk and, and all of them were like, it was just amazing to me playing a part. They understood they were doing a drama here, but they also said, this is real. This wasn't just somebody wrote a script and I tried to play a part. This was a part of a script of people that actually walked and talked with Jesus and I was playing this part. And how it changed me so much because I was not playing something that was fake. I was playing something that was real and that really happened. See, we can see it and understand it more. I don't know that they fully got at that point. Jesus in his incarnation uh, was God and, you know, he was incarnated in, in God, right? Jesus was. I think I'm saying that right. I'm sorry. He was limited though in his Jesus now in the human form was limited physically and in power and with resources. Physically, see, he couldn't be more than one place at a time. So Jesus is telling you're going to have something way better because I will, the Father will always be with you. My spirit will always be with you. You will never be without me. In power, they had seen his power, but they hadn't experienced the power that he was going to be sending to them. And the resources, yep, he could provide certain things for them. But you know what? God was about now to open up a whole new opportunity to them of resources that they never had when he went away and he allowed the Father to be their God and this Holy Spirit to, to strengthen them and to empower them. And, and then as I continued to read, I, I had to stop and I had to go back and I looked at verse 7. And I, and I read these words that Jesus said, if you really knew me, you will know my father as well. Wait a minute. We're the guys that have walked with you for the last three and a half years. We're the ones that have been with you through it all. What do you mean if you really knew me? They hadn't really known him yet in the way that they were going to in a matter of just a few days. How could he say something like that? I'm sure that that's what they were thinking. But again, what they didn't fully understand is that Jesus was God incarnate. Jesus was God in this body that he had. I believe we have given the disciples where we need to give the disciples some mercy in this because as I, as I struggled, as I wrestled through this and, and trying to get it for myself, you know, their world again is flipped upside down. They don't know up from down hardly at this point and they haven't fully understand all that is happening yet. But when we continue to read a little bit more and when the resurrection happened, we know that they really got it at that point. But I don't know that it's... I'm not going to judge them too hard here because they didn't have what we have. Listen to Colossians 1 and verse 15. The Son is the image 
of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Hebrews 1.3, listen to this. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and an exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down, listen to this, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. If you truly know my love for you, you will know the love my father has for you is no different. Pastor Pat, if I can in essence say what I, what I heard the most last week in this, I heard him say there is no difference between the father and the son. Both are God equally powerful. Amen? I am in the Father and the Father is in me. When we have accepted Jesus, we have the Father with us through the blessing of the Holy Spirit to continue to teach us and direct us. Now I'm gonna finish with this. Has anybody here not had a father? You know, we all have had fathers somehow. Again, as it was already said, maybe you don't know your father. Maybe you didn't know your father, but... Not everyone will be able to say, I had a really good father. Some of you may not even know your father for different reasons. But I just hope today that in just hearing a few minutes of this is enough for you to understand that our heavenly father is nothing like the earthly fathers. Although good earthly fathers can be great representations of the father. But listen to what Matthew 7, verse 11 says. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I read something the other day, and I want to take a minute to just read. It's like four paragraphs that I read, and it was written by uh, John Piper. I just like the way that he said it. I think he could say it way better and maybe will encapsulate what my heart is trying to get across today too. So Jesus goes beyond the encouragement of saying, you have a father in heaven. He goes beyond that and he says, you have a perfect father who has no evil. And he contrasts God without evil with all fathers who are evil. If you have had the very best father, you still have a good thing coming. God is 10,000 times better than your good father. The difference between the godly or the good earthly father and the bad earthly father is a millimeter. But the difference between God and the best earthly father is infinite. Do you think there's a huge gap between the bad father and the father you wish you had? Well, compared to how much better God is than the best father, it makes that difference very small. Don't ever limit your understanding of the fatherhood of God to the experience of your own father. No matter how good he was or how bad he was, 
Rather, take heart that God has none of the sins of your father. None. God has none of the limitations of your father. God has none of the weaknesses of your father. And he has none of the hangups of your father. None of them. The point Jesus is making is that even fallen fathers give good gifts. Usually, almost everywhere in the world, in spite of sin, in spite of evil, fathers are generally jealous for the good of their children. And they would say, if you try to mess with my kid, you deal with me. That's inside almost every father, sin or no sin. He's on the side of his kid when his kid is in trouble. And that's what Jesus is picking up on. Take heart that God has none of the sins of your father. Jesus says, if your father, sinner though he be, though you're all evil, if he knows how to do anything good for his kid, just think how much more your perfectly heavenly father is eager to do is eager to do good things for his children. I'm leaving you, but I'm giving you something way better. You're going to have the Father guiding you. You're going to have the Father directing you. And, and I'm going to give you a spirit, the Holy Spirit that will direct us and guide us. And we understand that there's this triune God that we serve. I'm trying to be careful and not trip on too many other sermons that may be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So I hope you understand that. But let me give you two final scriptures for you to ponder. The one is when Thomas touched him before his ascension. And the other is a prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples and all who will believe on him in the future. The first one is John 20. And verse 29, then Jesus told him, meaning Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet not believed or have and have yet believed. Pardon me. Those who have not seen and yet believed. And then John 17, 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for all those who will believe in me through their message. That's talking to us. You know what? We've had to accept something that we haven't physically touched or we haven't maybe physically seen, right? But he says, you know what? I'm giving you the gift of God inside of you. The disciples had the privilege of being able to walk with Jesus. But then Jesus had to go away and he says, you know what? I'm going away and I'm leaving you something better. My father is going to be your father. And the father that is going to be your father is a father that has absolutely no evil in him at all. He's not been affected by this world in any way. And he's going to love you and he's going to nurture you. And, and in addition, with all that, he's going to send his Holy Spirit that will guide us and direct us. Repent, be baptized, and what? Be filled with his spirit. I hope that's you today. I hope that you have that stirring in your hearts. Will you stand with me this morning as we end? 
Thank you, God, for your father. Thank you, God, for the father. The father that loves us, that nurtures us, that takes care of us. Jesus, thank you for showing us the way when you are here in human form. Lord, I thank you for your word that we have to be able to read and understand. And Father, I'm just asking that you'll continue to let these words stir in our heart as we go through this week, that our Father cares for us so deeply and so thoroughly. And that, Lord, we don't have to be afraid because you've given us and open up the way for the Father to be our leader. Go before us this week, Lord. Let us honor our Father, our Heavenly Father, and all that we do, oh Lord God, all that we do, all the way that we speak, the way that we do our work, the way that we interact with those that are around us. Lord, let us be honoring to our Heavenly Father in the way that we live because we have been adopted, as we've already heard, we've been adopted into this family. And, and God, you are our Father. And we want to be great representatives of you no matter who we're in front of, no matter what time of day or night we're in front of people that we honor you. We stand with the name of son or daughter of God. Father, let your spirit flow through this place right now. Let it flow through each and every individual, Lord God, and let them stir. Let it stir inside of each and every one of us that your spirit will strengthen us and empower us for this week ahead, that we will be great examples and great followers of you this week. Will you bow your heads with me as we dismiss? Father, we come right now, Lord, and we pray. And Lord, if there is anybody that's in this place that has not made that confession, they have not admitted, Lord God, that they need you, that they need a savior, that they can't do it in their own strength because none of us can do this in our own strength. We can only do this through Jesus. That's the only way to the Father is through Jesus. Lord, we believe that you've done all this for us. And Lord God, I just pray for those that they would call out to you, call out to you and ask you, Lord, to be the, the Lord of their life. That Lord God, you would put an attitude of repentance in them, a godly sorrow inside of them for the life that they've been trying to live on their own. But they keep coming up short because, Lord, they need a Savior. They need the Father to come alongside and guide them and direct them. So, Lord, if anybody's made that confession today, that, Lord God, it says we believe it. Believe that you are God. We confess, Lord God, that you've been raised from the dead. You said we could have salvation. Oh, that salvation can change everything. Oh, Lord, we thank you for how it's changed each and every one of us. But, Lord, we understand it just doesn't stay there. Now we have to commit our walk to you day after day. And, Lord, I'm praying for everyone that is a believer here today. 
that as they commit their days to you in this next week, we commit our days to you that we just ask that, Lord, you would lead us, you direct us, you'd guide us in all that we do. In Jesus' mighty and precious name. And can I hear the church say, amen.